me because I have the privilege and opportunity to speak to you one-on-one through this camera lens and share the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ with you. Praise the Lord. I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are out there. May God bless you with such a wonderful blessing upon your life today. May your children rise up and call you blessed. And may your husband express his love and care for you today. And I pray that God's wonderful shower of blessings refresh you and encourage you today because you are a blessed mother in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let's take our Bibles and go to John chapter 10. We're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings and bring them into the storehouse of God. And I want to show verse 10 to you because I believe that God has a plan for your finances and it includes abundance. Praise the Lord. John 10 verse 10, it says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I tell you what, that old devil, uh, he'll look for a way to get in into your life. Your your finances are a part of your life. You know, uh, you have to have a plan to keep him out. You need a covenant with God that he cannot get through. And this exists in Christ Jesus. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. The word life in the original Greek language of the New Testament is the word zoe. And it can be literally translated as the God kind of life or the God quality of life. So this life that the Lord has for us, don't ever forget this. It's a package deal. It's not just for your salvation and forgiveness of sins. Although if that's all it were, we'd, we'd still be on our way to heaven. But my friends, it's so much more than that. It is a full salvation full redemption. Now I have come that they may have life, God quality of living and that they may have it more abundantly. So God has abundance on his mind for you and he wants it expressed in every facet of your life. One of those facets is your financial situation. God wants you to come into abundance. That's why you need to follow the biblical principles of wealth so that you come into the fullness of God's blessing, the fullness, uh, fullness where you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Your family comes into the knowledge of Christ comes into salvation and God's blessings going all over your life with eternal life, health in your body. God's blessing your finances. Everything is working the way that it's supposed to be. And the abundance of God is being manifest uh, manifested in every area of your life that they may have the life of God more abundantly. I, I honestly believe that this abundance, it is a measure of God's blessing that is continually increasing. God wants it to increase. God wants it to move into the overflow. So honor the Lord with your finances, honor the Lord by tithing and bringing the tithe into the storehouse. And also by sowing special seed during special opportunities. And, you know, speaking of that, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has uh, 
sown into the Pentecostal fire offering. We're almost at Pentecost, just a few more days, and next Sunday I'll be praying over all of those seeds. I have already been praying over them as they're coming in through the mail and they're coming in online, but I want to do a special prayer of dedication next Sunday over your Pentecostal seed. And I believe that you're going to see God do something very special in your life. Uh, These are special sacrificial seeds that are helping us to go into the production of quality Christian television programs where we can have uh, wonderful programs recorded that can be placed on networks and the gospel of Jesus just continues to be preached around the world. Thank you for your, your response concerning that. So my friends, I want you to have a, a mentality of abundance. Praise the Lord in every area of your life, an abundance of love, abundance of joy, abundance of happiness, just abundance coming out of you. And also let us not overlook abundance of finances. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Your trust is in the Lord and God likes to make you happy. He likes to bless you and give you the desires of your heart. So let's honor him. Let's honor him with our tithes and let's bring special seed into the storehouse of God. If you would still like to sow into the uh, Pentecostal fire offering, please do so as the Holy Spirit leads you and be expecting God to bless you in a mighty way. I believe he will. Praise the Lord. Now, if you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. If you would like to bring them in online, which is very safe and secure as well, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, and you can click on the link that's called Tithes and Offerings sow and reap, and you can bring that in anytime, day or night. Praise God. That's what's good about the online giving. It's, it's always open. Sometimes the post office is not open. <laughs> It'll still get here, <laughs> but it can take a little bit longer sometimes. Praise God. But whatever works best for you. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. They love you. That's why they give. They give because they love you and they love to give. And I thank you, Father. Let abundance come into their lives. John 10, 10, let Zoe life be their reality, a God quality of living expressed in their life. Now we thank you for this father. We believe it. Jesus said it that settles it. Father, we give you praise in Jesus name and around the world today as a church family, we all say, amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, let's talk about something today that um, it's a fun topic. Uh, It's not science, uh, although science confirms the word, but it is fascinating. These small details in life that God has it all. He has everything all planned out, even on the subatomic level. I want to explain that in just a moment, manifesting in large everyday life and living. I want to explain it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be in Mark chapter 11. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit, who is the quickening power of the word, that he would make it come alive. We thank you that as we hear your word, faith is coming into our hearts with a fresh new word today, a word proceeding from you coming in 
building faith in us. Thank you, Father God, to take hold of all of your promises. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, we are in Mark chapter 11, and as we look at these verses, for some of you, you're familiar with these verses. You maybe have studied them, but I, I really believe that the Word of God is inexhaustible, even one scripture, that if we literally uh, got shipwrecked on an island together, and all we had was one little verse that got tore out of the Bible, and that little verse floated up on the sand, and that's all we had to work with for 10 years. I, I really believe that we can never extract all the truth out of one word from God. Praise the Lord that it's multifaceted, that it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful, and it continues to speak to your life in various ways. So let's look carefully at this today. Mark 11, verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That could literally be translated as have the faith of God you know, somebody might think, well, I can't have faith like God does, but he actually tells you to do that. And that's what it really means in the fullness of the original language, have the faith of God. In other words, you can, you can actually love like God. You can love just like he does. That's an agape love. It's a love where you put others before yourself. You can forgive like God. You can even forgive your enemies. You can forgive them so much that you even pray for them. And you pray blessings over their lives. So this is all things that are in the God character, God's nature. This is, this goes against human nature that often would want revenge or uh, would like to see, uh, you know, maybe the other person get what's coming to them. And there is an element of justice and so forth, but you can love like God. You can have faith like God. You can forgive like God. Praise the Lord. So my friends, let this faith come alive in you. It's already in you. Let it come alive in you as a believer, the very faith of God. For assuredly, I say to you. Now, the phrase for assuredly uh, is a very, very powerful statement in the Greek. You can't make more of an affirmative point. He's basically saying, look, this is true. This is, this is the absolute truth. And he says, for assuredly. So it's a very powerful statement. For assuredly, I say to you whoever says. So today we need to touch on the area a little bit about saying and speaking. Why? Well, because the power of life and death really is in your tongue. And uh, a lot of people, they use their tongue like a sword. <laughs> and uh, they, are, they are cutting up their life and they're destroying their life by speaking the wrong thing. And you need to know how to govern your tongue. Even other writers in the Bible realize this powerful truth. James uh, talked about it, how the tongue, the tongue of man is like a rudder on a ship. And even though the ship may be so large and gigantic, uh, the captain can just turn that rudder and, you know, with the wheel and the wheels connected uh, with links to the rudder, you just turn, you turn that rudder and the whole ship turns. The rudder can be real small, but the ship can be very large, but it's, it's the rudder that's setting the course. My friends, it's your little tongue, okay? It's your mouth speaking that has a lot to do with where we're at now and also where we're going. Some of you, you need to turn the ship of your life into the right direction, and you can steer it the right way by speaking the right kind of words. And, um, uh, it's amazing. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, 
Now that's powerful. Not whoever says about the mountain, but whoever says to the mountain. So this is really about talking to the mountain, not talking about the mountain. And some believers, they love Jesus, they're saved, but they've, they've got it they've got it mixed up. So they're talking about their mountain. They're talking about their problem. That's what the mountains represent. These big obstacles in life that say, I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. You know, whether it's sickness, disease, it comes into your body, comes into your life and says, I'm not leaving. Well, that's a mountain. Other dilemmas, other problems that can pop up in life that, that say we're not going away. Okay. These are types of mountains, but we're not told just to talk about the mountain. Yep. That's a big mountain. Mine's bigger than yours. Well, See, Jesus didn't say talk about the mountain. He said, say to the mountain. So you need to be talking to it. You need to be telling it what to do. Praise the Lord. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. That's amazing. You're going to have what you say. So you need to be speaking and saying in harmony, in agreement with God's word. And you need to walk along that straight path because you'll have many circumstances that would say, doesn't look like it's working, but see, you need to hold to the word, especially when things would physically appear to be maybe falling apart. Things are not working out. And you're over here trying and believing and you're, you're trying to hold to the word and these circumstances happen. So you, you're going to make that choice. Am I going to believe the word or I'm going to believe these natural circumstances? But remember, we don't walk by sight. What does that mean? Your physical eyes and this physical realm are not to determine what you believe or what you speak and what you agree with. What does your faith? We walk by, we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, we walk by faith in what? You know, faith in the evening news? No, uh, no. You know, faith in uh, this or that? No. Faith in what God said. Okay, it's not just a random blind faith. In other words, you don't just have faith. You, you have faith in God. To have faith in God is to have faith in what His Word said. Praise the Lord. Now, it says, He will have whatever He says. I think there have been times we would look at Mark eleven twenty three and uh, when Jesus says something like he will have whatever he says, you know, talking about the person that really believes it, gets it in their heart, speaks to the mountain of cancer, get out of my life, speaks to whatever that problem is to debt, debt, get out of my life in the name of Jesus. Well, something's going on here, even in the natural realm that if you're, if you're living like that, it may not look like anything's happening in the natural realm, but something is happening in the natural realm, and something secondly is happened in uh, is taking place in the spiritual realm. Both of them you can't really see, especially the natural. Okay, you might not see anything manifest in the natural until the last minute when God's power just comes in, and the next thing you know, it's gone. You're healed. Uh, the debt's been paid off or forgiven or something that's taken place where you realize, wow, it worked. Well, sometimes in the natural, you're not getting any hints of that. So many times we look at this verse and we think, well, I, I believe it's true. Jesus said it, but I think our lack of understanding of how it could even be operating with the mechanics of it, even in the natural realm, our lack of understanding could 
could make us always think like this is just miraculous and it is but at the same time it's a principle it's just this is how the kingdom is set up so I don't think we need to let it throw us at all I think with scientific uh, enlightenment that is now bringing more and more uh, realization that the Bible has been true all along well I think science is catching up and science is kind of giving us the mechanics of it where even our head can understand it I know faith is of the heart but it is nice for your head to kind of know what's going on and maybe what the process is so um you know, Jesus also talked about the mustard seed, mustard seed just being these little, like the tiniest of seeds, but yet this, this little seed can grow up into such a large tree. And that's how our words are. We can, we can let these things come out. They may seem small. Oh, that, that doesn't mean anything, Pastor Stephen. That doesn't make any difference. But these things can grow. These things can grow. And you need to understand it spiritually because it's true, but also naturally. And if we look at things from the subatomic level, let me, let me explain that. Scientists used to think that the smallest thing in the universe was the atom. And then, then microscopes got more powerful and more powerful. And, you know, you get, you get microscopes that cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, these electron microscopes, which are used by, um, you know, uh, these scientists that study these things in these realms of looking at the smallest, smallest things known to man. Well, we found out that the atom is not the smallest thing. And, you know, you can, you can break it down even further. And they've even split the atom. So it, it, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. And what they found is that there are these, these they didn't know what to call them. The, the scientists had a, and I, when I say scientists, this is really in the area of quantum physics. The scientists, as they began to unravel their, uh, this understanding of the atom and the, the things even smaller than the atom, they didn't know what to call this particle. And they ended up calling it a quirk. Quirks are very interesting, and I, I like the name. I, I think there's something quirky about all of our uh, natures. We we all have something a little quirky. Maybe it's the way you uh, comb your hair. Maybe it's the way you open a bag of chips. Maybe it's the way you put the mustard or the ketchup on the hot dog. We all have little things that are uniquely ours, quirky little behaviors or mannerisms, and that's okay. That's fine. I think I think God made us like that. We're, we're all unique and different. But in this realm of quantum physics, the, this little particle that's called a quirk is called that because of its, you know, erratic behavior, behavior that from a scientific viewpoint, it doesn't seem to make sense, but it does. It does from the perspective of the believer, because a quirk is so small that although this little tiny quirk, which is smaller than the atom, it will hang around the atom and it looks like a cloud. Uh, it's, um, it's hard to explain these things. And scientists had a hard time pinning it down. But a quirk, which is smaller than the atom, it actually looks like a cloud. And it will not even take the shape of a dot or the shape of a particle unless it's being observed by someone under a microscope and only when it's under observance 
does it move from like what would appear to be a cloud to a dot that goes around the atom. And as physicists kept looking into this area of quantum physics and studying this, they found out really that what this quirk is responding to would appear to be sound waves. What are sound waves? Well, sound waves are what's emitted when you speak. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, of course, when the physicists are looking at the quirk and they're seeing it change, they're like, well, how does this thing know that we're looking at it? Because it doesn't really make this adaptive change until somebody's observing it and then speaking or, and that's why it's quirky because the behavior can be different depending on who's looking at it and what's being said. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, I think, I think that we have to understand that Jesus said, you can have whatever you say. If you're meeting these principles of faith, the faith is in your heart. You believe it. You're, you're pushing out doubt. You're staying in the faith zone. You're not giving the fear zone any entrance into your life. You're believing the promises of God. You're meditating on the word of God and and things even on the subatomic level begin to respond to you. See, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was a sound wave. God said, okay, words went forth and then creation just began to happen in response to what God said. So I really believe on a subatomic level to a level that our eyes could see to a spiritual realm. Okay. I believe things are happening all the time. And I really believe that you can build your future. You can speak forth uh, and create the life that you want. Now, speaking is not all there is to it. If it were, we could just sit back in the chair and make good confessions all the time. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. You could, you could, you could make all kinds of fun confessions. If that's all it was, you could say, I'm a trillionaire. I'm a multi-trillionaire. <laughs> you could, you could confess I'm going to heaven now and I'm never coming back. So, uh, you have to speak in agreement with the word. Of course, we can't be silly and you have to stay within your faith level. And of course your faith can grow. That's what's good, but it's not just speaking. There's other things you have to do. Faith without works is dead. But let me say this speaking and the correct usage of words is a big part of it. When it comes to manifesting the promises of God, remember the Bible says that all of the promises of God, every single one of them, all of them are yes and amen. It's not like God said, these are for you. These aren't uh, healing is just for this group over here. If your last name is a to a through K, you can have healing. But if you're L through M, that's not for you. <laughs> God didn't do that. God said that all of his promises are yes. And amen. Amen means it's settled. Okay, so what you have to do is you have to say yes to that, okay, agree with that, and then things begin to work. I mean, I'm talking about things you can't even see. They're so small, like a mustard seed, but yet it can grow up to be something so large. Hallelujah, glory to God. So what I'm saying is that it, it used to take us like 
maybe extra faith to believe verse 23. But when science comes along and says, oh, yeah, that, that's how it works. Quantum physics, uh, that, you know, the, the guys in those departments know this. This is, this, this is what is going on in a realm that's so small. Things are moving and responding to who the individual is looking at it and speaking. It's quirky. It's a different response. It reacts differently depending on who the observer is and what's being said. Okay. Sound waves. They're, these quirks are responding to sound waves. So knowing that there is a, how can we say, a way of understanding how this works, okay, that can help you to realize that verse 23 is not something way off there. No, you can walk in this fully. This is just the, just like a law of nature. This is just like the laws of aerodynamics that govern flight. Uh, you can have whatever you say. That is a spiritual law. Uh, quantum physics has now verified it. In the microscopic world, the subatomic world of extremely small, quirky little things, oh yes, what you're saying is is building the blocks of your life. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is very exciting. Now, I want to show you something in Romans as we continue on today. Let's move over to Romans chapter 4. You need to be doing this. You need to have the faith of God. You need to be speaking to things. Don't let that make you uncomfortable. Jesus spoke uh, to trees. Jesus spoke to the wind. Jesus spoke to waves. Jesus spoke to dead people. And Jesus called forth things, and they all responded. They all responded. Praise the Lord. You have the faith of God on the inside of you. You need to be using it for your benefit, for the betterment and the blessing of your life and those around you. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. This is referring to Abraham. Notice what God said. He said, I have made. In other words, this is what God told Abraham when, when Isaac was not even born yet. Now Abraham's too old to have a child, too old naturally. His wife's too old also. And God says, I've already made you a father of many nations. Not I'm going to. I've got a plan one day, Abraham, and I'm still going to pull it off. No, God showed up and told Abraham, I've already done it. I've already made you a father of many nations. Now you, now you could uh, sit back and say, if you were Abraham, and say, well, well, now, Lord, if you have it, it sure don't look like it. I don't see any children around here. I mean, I, you know, I, I, me and Sarah, we want to have our own. But, but no, there's no child from us. But yet God said, I have made. Well, that's past tense. It's already done. Understand the way God works and step into that same flow of speaking words of faith. Now watch this. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things. God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And God, God called the world into an existence. God called stars into existence. They, they used to be nothing. And he spoke and they were created. But really your life is a product of that as well. You know, um, th this Bible that I hold in my hand, uh, this is a New King James Version. And so, you know, sometime back, 
Uh, there was a group of theologians. They got together and they said, you know what? The, the KJV, the King James Version is good, but it came out in 1611 and the English language just changed a whole lot. <laughs> we need a newer version. And they said, we're going to make a newer version when there was none. They said, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And you know what? I hold it in my hand today. Why? Because somebody said it. What I hold today in my hand is a product of the words that somebody spoke. And now there it is. And it's, it's a great version. It's the one I prefer to use. One day, a carpenter woke up and said, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a desk today. And I'm going to use various materials. And I'm going to design it. And I'm going to put it together. And I'm going to do it. And I sit now behind the desk talking to you. Praise the Lord. Why? Because somebody said, I'm going to make a desk. And they made it. Here it is. But before they made it, where, what was it? Nothing. Where was it? You know, where did it come from? It came out of the words that somebody spoke. Because it wasn't here. Not in form, shape, or anything. Somebody created it. They said, I'm going to do it. And bless their hearts, they did. I, I saw it. I liked it. I bought it. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. So, so many things in your life are because you said it. And there it is. Hallelujah. You said you're going to do it, and you did it. You said, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to get a degree. And you did. God bless your heart. Now you can look on the wall. You see that diploma. It feels good, doesn't it? But see, you said you're going to do it, and you did it. Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So there, there are things in your life that you want brought forth, okay? You have hope which is a divine expectancy. You have faith, okay? You're, you're, you're holding to the Word. You believe what God said. But you have to understand that you need to call it now as being there in your life. Well, Pastor Stephen, like, what do you mean? Okay, let's say, like, you have debt in your life. And, and you're also using good wisdom, applying biblical principles in your life so that, you know, you're not making the same mistakes over and over again. You're endeavoring to use good financial stewardship. But what you can also start doing is saying, I command all debt to be removed out of my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I call myself debt free. Praise God. Well, you're making a declaration of faith from your own heart that your world, your life is going to be debt free. What are you, do what are you doing? Well, if you have debt, and you're speaking along this line, then you are calling things that are not as though they already were. Mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, is that line? No, no, you're working the principles of God's Word. You're working a principle. You're working a principle. You, you know you still have debt, right? You can, you can look at your bank account. But what you're doing is you're calling those things that are not as though they already were. Here, here's where the Christians miss it, the ones that are still trying to figure it out as to uh, how can we say get the ca cart uh, lined up behind the horse? They've got it. They've got it reversed, and it, it won't work like that. This is what quite a few Christians do. They are calling those things that are as they already are. See, they're sick, and they are saying they're sick. They're poor, and they're enforcing that by saying they're poor. But the Bible here doesn't say to call those things that are as they are. The Bible says that what God does is He calls those things which do not exist, those things which aren't, as though they did. Woo! See, it doesn't take any faith to call yourself poor if you're already poor. You don't need any faith to do that. It doesn't take any faith to say that you're sick. 
if you're already sick, well, you you know that. That's not changing anything. That's just enforcing, <laughs> you know, what would already be a negative situation in your life. So what you need to do is you need to call those things that are not as though they already are. Praise the Lord. So maybe you don't have a vehicle. You look out there in your driveway. There's nothing parked there. Okay. But you say, praise the Lord. I see my new car parked right there. I've done this before and uh, was believing the Lord for a vehicle. Didn't, didn't have us, didn't have one and just called it forth, called it forth, even had a parking spot for it before I ever had it. Mm, Would walk by the parking spot and say, that's where it's going right there. I believe I've got it now. And the time came when it happened on one day, I got a blessing on one day And after, you know, having stood in faith for a period of time, boom, it just happened. And then I was able to go get it and park it right there. It felt kind of surreal to walk by and see it and to think, wow, that that's really amazing. That actually works. And so there's other things in my life that I'm believing God for. They're not here yet, but those things that are, are not yet in existence in my life, I'm calling them here. Okay, and they're going to show up. I really believe it. And obviously it showed up for Abraham and Sarah. They had their Isaac, and God's going to do it for you as well, my friends. Praise the Lord. So keep working it. Keep working it. Uh, Even if you can't see it. Remember, you can't see these things that are on subatomic level. A lot of it you can't even see with, uh, unless you have the world's most uh, exotic microscopes. You still, you know, it's still very hard to see, and they're still trying to figure it all out. There's a lot they have to unravel, a lot more to unravel. My, but my friends, it's it's being built. The substructure is even being built in things that we would say that are invisible, but it's there. You, you just can't see it, but it is absolutely there. Woo, hallelujah. So build it up, build it up in faith because it is working. It is coming to pass in your life. Now, let me, let me show you something amazing in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. I really believe that you're going to pull something special into your life over the next 30 days. Oh, this is probably not maybe, uh, you know, the great destiny things that God has for your life. Uh, th- th- those might still be out there for a ways. They could be five years out, 10 years out. You know that you're at peace with that. They could be two years out. You're comfortable with that, but you, you still have other things that you desire. I'm, I'm telling you, there's, there's some, <coughs> excuse me. There are some blessings that are very close within the reach of your faith as you reach that I believe over the next 30 days, you're pulling them in. You're going to pull in something very, very special. Praise God. Now, I want to talk with you uh, from an, another aspect of how to keep working this so that you see it manifested in your life. Romans 10, verse 17. Now, remember, this is another verse we've looked at, we've talked about, but the Word of God is always alive, and it is a preceding Word. And God's saying something now to build your faith concerning this verse. This is Romans 10, verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Now, fear also comes by hearing. What is fear? It's the opposite of faith. And fear is awful. You can really tell when fear comes. Why? Because fear brings torment. That's what John said, okay, in his epistle. Fear brings torment. So you know when fear has come because you can sense it. I would even say that you can feel it. You can feel it in here, and you can even feel it as like a negative evil presence. 
um, a, a, a fear that things aren't going to work out, a fear that you're going to fail, a fear that uh, something horrible would happen. You, you can sense that because fear is accompanied by tormenting thoughts, uncomfortable discomfort moments, and it's not of God. Perfect love will cast out fear. And so, my friends, we will stay in faith, but they both come, whether it's faith or fear, they are both coming through what you hear. Now, verse 17 tells you and me what we need to be hearing. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, you can hear 20 minutes of negative junk. And that can really bring a spirit of fear. I'm, I'm talking 10, 15, 20 minutes. You can, you can have fear already knocking on the door of your heart, trying to get in. And you're thinking, oh, yuck. Uh, so what you need to do is you need to turn off that, that source. And you need to turn on the Word of God. Because when the Word of God comes, it also brings something with it. I would even say you can feel it. It may take 10 minutes. It may take a little bit longer, uh, depending on what your condition may be. Maybe you haven't had your morning coffee and you're still trying to wake up. But when you get into the word and it starts coming, I'll tell you what, faith comes and you can, you can sense it. Why? When fear comes, it brings torment. It disturbs you greatly. Okay. So we know what that is, but when faith comes, it also brings something with it. You know what it is? Strength. You just suddenly begin to feel strong and suddenly you begin to get calm. You're not disturbed. Uh, and if there was some fear, it's just been, it's being disintegrated by the presence of God, by the presence of the word of God coming into your life. Praise the Lord. That's why you need to keep hearing. See, so then faith comes. Okay. So in the original language, and we don't have time in the English language to expand it all, or the Bible really would be this thick if we tried to expand everything that the original authors were trying to include through the little nuances of the words, through the shades of meaning contained in the words. Okay. So we can extract it now. So then faith comes. Okay. This means ongoing ongoing. It is a proceeding word from God. You need to be hearing the rhema word. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is hearing that rhema word of God, a living word, and it keeps the faith coming. It keeps the faith coming. Here's the thing. You need faith for every day. You need faith. You need that strength for every single day. And if the supply, if the supply is blockaded, then you're going to get weak. You're going to get weak. And if that happens, what will try to come as a counterfeit? Fear will. Okay, so don't do that. Stay in a place where the word is streaming into you. Let me tell you how I do it. What I usually like to do is I will take my Bible. I'll sit in a comfortable chair. I'll get something to drink. Maybe it may be a cup of coffee or hot tea or something like that. And I'll sit down. And if there's something I'm believing God for, and I believe this is one of like, how can I say something that's close to being manifested? Maybe within the next 30 days, you just sense, Lord, I'm close. This is, this is going to happen. Okay. Then what you do, you sit in that chair and you say, Holy spirit, what is the verse 
that you have for me? What is the preceding word, the word proceeding out of the mouth of God to give me the strength I need to manifest this? Okay. And a, a, a scripture will come to you. It just, how do you know it's the one? It's the one that makes you happy. It's the one that you want to look up. It's the one that you would like to talk to the Lord about. And you just take that scripture and you begin to talk to the Lord about it. And by the way, the Lord, the Lord likes to be reminded of what he said. We, we all like that, don't we? If, if we all have something about it where it, it brings us a type of righteous good pleasure that if somebody else says, hey, you said this the other day, and that really meant a lot to me. See, God likes to be treated like that. Lord, this is what you said. Lord, your word is amazing. Lord, your word brings so much life. And I'm, Lord, I'm just here to meditate on your word and to talk to you about it. Lord, I really believe that what you said here, you're going to do. And then you can just uh, maybe pray in the spirit a little bit, speak in tongues and talk that verse over and just you can even put your hand on it. Okay. And just Lord, that verse, so much strength in that verse, Lord, thank you. And what will happen is the strength of the word will begin to come into you and your faith will become so strong. You may spend 10 or 15 minutes on that one scripture, and then maybe the Holy Spirit will give you another one. Okay. Then you turn to your Bible and you look that one up. Oh, you grab that one and you, maybe you want to put your hand on it. Okay. As a point of contact. And you just, you're just talking to the Lord about what he said, his word. And you just say, Lord, I really believe you're going to do this. And you just begin to worship the Lord and praise God. And you notice strength will come into you calmness. There, there's a soothing presence of God that just comes and you just sit there and and you just get stronger and you get stronger and let God just fill you up as you keep drinking from the word, keep milking the word, let God give you his strength, his strength. And you know what? You will leave your devotional time with that word on your heart and on your mind. And you just continue to carry it with you. You can carry those scriptures with you throughout the day, even though you have left your time of devotional and maybe you're at work, but that, that will just override anything else. Those words override all of your other activity that you have to do. And you could always just bring it back up and that, my friends, is how you just begin to manifest the blessings of God. That's how you just keep staying on it, staying on it. And that word brings the strength that you need. You know, there's a book. Um, I actually have it on my, uh, I used to have a copy, a physical copy, and I'm not sure what happened to it. I've got to find it. Uh, but I was looking for it some time back. So I just downloaded it on my iBooks. Um, you can get it on your iBooks. I'll tell you how to do that. Uh, but I think now that somebody has created a, a PDF of it, of this book, and you can actually see it online for free. So although you may want to put it on your iBooks and, and pay the price, whatever it is, $12, you may also just want to download it as a free PDF file online. That way you can you know, read it for free. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure the author doesn't mind. He's been in heaven now for probably over a hundred years. Um, but there's a book, it's called Remarkable Miracles, Remarkable Miracles, and it's by G.C. Bevington, okay, Bevington, B-E-V-I-N-G-T-O-N, and uh, this is a very unusual man, uh, lived over 100 years ago, uh, I guess one of the best ways to describe him would just be he was a good old-fashioned 
Pentecostal holiness preacher. Back in the days when Pentecostals were very much misunderstood, and there were not very many of them like there are today, uh, but this man really loved the Lord. He understood divine healing, and he had a very, very uh, powerful miracle ministry. A lot of the miracles that happened, uh, I guess you would just say they were unusual. And so he has a book called Remarkable Miracles. If you Google it, it'll come up. And you can find out a way to download it, read it, and enjoy uh, the blessing of the book. But, you know, Brother Bevington said something that helped me concerning faith coming. Because he had, he, uh, he had a situation one time in his life where he got real sick. And he didn't want to go to the doctors. Uh, he didn't have anything against doctors. But he just believed that God could heal him. Because God had healed his body many times before. And he also had a healing ministry and seen thousands healed. So he got sick and he just thought, Lord, I'm going to, I'm just going to stay in the house and I'm going to stay here until you heal me. Well, the word got out that, you know, he was believing God for healing. And uh, that somehow circulated out and the authorities decided to send him to an institution because he actually believed that God heals. And you, you have to understand, you go back a hundred and, you know, 150 years and, and things like that in American history, and divine healing was not understood like it is today in the church. And a lot of the people that were the early pioneers of divine healing, of course, it was in the Bible. It's, it's you know, part of the New Testament church, but a lot of that got lost. Um, uh, it was always somewhere operating in the earth, but, uh, you know, a lot of it just got lost and a lot of people didn't understand it yet. Uh, he's trying to live it. And so what took place is the authorities said, we're going to send him to an asylum because this guy actually is a nut. He actually believes God can heal him. And so uh, brother Bevington was so sick. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't get up. He couldn't leave or anything like that. So, you know, he's just at his house, believing God to heal him before the two men come up to his house and put him in a straitjacket and haul him off to the Looney Tunes Institute because he believes God's a healer. Okay. And of course they get you off to the Looney Tune Institute. Uh, they're going to drug you up. You can only imagine the drugs that were pumping in the people back, uh, you know, hundred, 150 years ago, you know, just sedate them, get them quiet and, uh, you know, lock them up and, you know, don't worry about them anyhow. So brother Bevington's thinking, Lord, you've healed me many times before. And Lord, I need you to heal me now because they're coming and you've got to heal me and I've got to get up on my feet. And so he, he was so sick that he asked somebody to open the Bible and they opened the Bible and uh, he asked him to open it to a healing verse. And there's many good verses in the Bible about healing, but he picked one and he asked that his hand be placed on the Bible over the healing verse. And he just began to meditate on what that verse said. And he said, Oh Lord, I believe your strength is going to come into me as I meditate on the word. I believe your word. And that strength began to come into his body little by little. He's getting stronger and stronger. But guess what? The two, the two people from the institution, they're on the way still and they're getting closer and closer. You know, I've had people ask me, uh, pastor Stephen, I'm sick. Should I see the doctor? Look, the very fact that somebody would even ask me that question tells me that their faith is not really there for God to carry the whole thing. So absolutely go to the doctor, do what the doctor tells you to do. Because, uh, you know, if you're facing something very serious, especially, you know what you mean, uh, you need to go to the doctor now because 
faith takes time and you just can't jump somewhere overnight where you would like to be. Uh, I talked with a uh, uh, pastor friend of mine, you know, sometime back and uh, we were talking about uh, a very gifted musician who died early and uh, me and this pastor both knew this man and the pastor said, he goes, um, he said, you know, pastor Stephen, he said, he said, I tried to talk to that brother because he had cancer. And I told him, look, you need to go to the doctor. And the brother said, well, you know, I, I just believe God can heal me. And so the pastor went into prayer and God gave the pastor a word for that brother. And the word was a, a living dog is better than a dead lion. I think that's in Ecclesiastes or somewhere like that. But what an unusual scripture. And he said, look, he said, you need to go to the doctor. The doctor might even have to cut something out. He might even have to remove something because you waited so long that, you know what, you you go into the doctor, there's probably going to be some serious slicing and dicing. But nevertheless, you go, you'll pop out the other end of it. You may may have some things that were, uh, you know, so quite invasive work done on you, but nevertheless, you'll still live. You'll still be alive and you could be on the planet for another 40 years. Well, the man didn't listen to the pastor, his own pastor, and he went off and uh, just tried to faith it and he died. Okay. So uh, I've had that happen to me many times as well, because I I knew that man and I knew he should have had real treatment at a real doctor. Why? He didn't really have the faith he needed. And you know, if you're, you're in the, you're in a bind like that, you you just can't expect it to come quick. But as I'm trying to say, brother Bevington's not like that. Brother Bevington was a man that had a healing in his life over and over and over in his own life. Okay. As well as others. And he knows the healing power of God. So he's in this house sick hand on the Bible, Lord, they're coming, but Lord, I know your words coming. I know faith is coming. And he began to just meditate on those scriptures. I I've learned to do the same thing over the years. And that strength comes, the strength comes. And you know what? By the time those two men got there and came inside his house, he was up cleaning the house, completely healed, fully healed. Hey, gentlemen, how are you doing? It's nice to see you. What are you here for? Where we're here to get a sick guy. Where's he at? Oh, there's nobody sick here. Oh no, there's somebody sick here. They told us there was a sick man here out of his mind. We're here to carry him to the asylum. No, there's nobody here. I'm hell. I'm the only person here is me. And as you can see, I'm fully healthy and happy. Well, we can tell you're healthy and doing well, but we don't see any sick body, sick person. And so they left, of course. But see, that's because that strength came into his body and healed him, got him back up on his feet. I've had, I've had the Lord heal me over and over and over again. I've had times where I would just stand on the word, stand on the word, and it just leave every single symptom leave. Praise God. Hallelujah. But if you're not used to living like that, and you're not used to holding to the word like that. You can't just suddenly make it work for you. If you suddenly get a bad diagnosis from the doctor, <laughs> which is why you need to be living like this. Okay. Well, you walk in divine health, praise the Lord. Doesn't mean you won't have challenges and trials, but we do have the word that the Lord is our healer. And my friends, healing is very clearly laid out in the new covenant. But what I'm trying to say is that you need to call those things that are not as though they already were. Or Pastor Stephen, I'm sick. I'm calling myself sick. No, you're, you're just calling what's already there. You don't even need any faith to do that. But to call what's not yet in existence as though it already were, okay, now we're talking faith. Faith in what? Faith in the way God operates 
faith in the word. What's it based on? It's based upon scriptures. You're, you're, that's what you're using as your foundation, your support. And you do that and you keep working that I'm telling you, you take the word just like it's a screwdriver or a hammer or pliers and you work it. You, you just work it just like that. You can build things. You can manifest things. You can create things. That's how strong it is. And when you just, you just keep bringing it in and you let it flow, you just get so strong that it just, it just happens. And you just keep going from faith to faith, glory to glory, victory to victory. That, that's what this will produce in your life. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I don't see anything happening. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Scientists even know it's happening now. Physicists know it's happening. A lot of it they still can't explain, but they know, hey, these quirks are responding to sound waves and what people say. It, it, so it, it's verified now. Praise God. So my friends, we need to work it for all we can. Hallelujah. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Woo. Hallelujah. Say I'm blessed. Hallelujah. And you are, you are, you're just agreeing with the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we just thank you for your word that it is so strong that it is able to change our situation and turn all of our losses into victories. Now we give you praise that you're working. Even when we can't see it, you're still working. And now we know that even science verifies and gives credence to what you have said and declared. So we thank you, Father. We bless you. We loose our faith to take hold of your promises and pull them in based upon your word. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now let's take communion because the Lord has done mighty things for us. And we are agreeing with him. We are agreeing with what God said. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're not taking the flu or the cold. You're taking a blessing. See, people with their words, I'm taking the flu. I feel like I'm taking the flu. Well, why, why co cooperate with the flu? Why not resist it? That's what you're supposed to do. Resist it. Praise God resist the devil and he will flee. I tell you when the devil comes, he brings all of his junk, brings all of his junk, just resist him and resist all of his junk. If it's not of God, just resist it. Stand on the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just say things like fear and oppression are far from me. See, agree with the word. Hallelujah. Confess. I have a Jehovah Jireh in my life. My God is my provider. He supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And keep feeding. Keep feeding on that. Meditating on it. Strength comes. Strength comes. It just becomes total part of your life. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fathers, we hold his body in our hands. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh God, these things that are even beyond our understanding, God becoming man. Oh father, we thank you. We just thank you for Jesus that he did all of this for us. And as we partake of his body, 
we agree and say that all of your promises are yes and amen, and that they're coming to pass in our lives for your glory. We now receive the body of Christ. I, I want you to agree with me that I, this is how I would describe it. If you're standing under a fruit tree, there's low hanging fruit. And other, in other words, if you just reach, you can grab, you can grab that orange or that apple. I feel there's a low hanging blessing. Oh, this, this may not be the whopper blessing God has for your life. This may not be the destiny breakthrough blessing that God has for you, but there's something hanging low. There's a blessing now that's within reach. And if you'll just reach by faith, I believe within the next 30 days, you can have it in your life. Glory to God. You know, one of the greatest motivators in life is, is results. When you see it work, when you see it manifested, you're like, Lord, this motivates me. This, this is working. So what do you choose to do? You choose to keep on working that system of God for his glory. Hallelujah. Something in the next 30 days, when we drink the blood of Jesus, something in the next 30 days, I'm telling you, get in the scriptures, find scriptures that validate it and just talk it over with the Lord. Put your hand on it and just let the strength of that word come into you. Spend time in the word. Let the strength come into you. You'll see it. You'll see it in your life. You'll hold it. You'll, you'll, it'll be in your life within 30 days. There's a low-hanging fruit, low-hanging blessing. Reach and take it. Father, we thank you. We agree. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Let us receive now. Amen. Praise God. Something wonderful is happening in your life glory to God. The angels are working in your life. God's promotion and blessing is coming on you. New doors of opportunity and favor are opening for you. People like you, people love you, people need you, and God has his hand on you. Lift your hands and shout, it is true according to the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. God loves you so much. Me and Pastor Kelly love you. We are praying for you. I'll see you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.